Hello and welcome. My name is Jill Martin, the host of the Morning Bell podcast. In this episode, we're joined by a friend of the podcast, Alison Goodman. Alison's most recent novel is The Dark Days Deceit, the third and final book in the Lady Helen trilogy of supernatural Regency adventures. In the media section, we chat about horror movies, Terminator 2, Unbelievable, and more. For the topic, we dissect Avengers Endgame from the perspective of what we like, what we didn't, and what's there for writers to pick up on. Thank you, and as always, we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell Podcast. We are back at the Brunswick Street Bookstore, and once again, I've got Ian as my co-host. Ian, how are you going? How's your week been? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Joel. It's been a, it's been a pretty good week. I gave a, uh, a little guest lecture at Swinburne mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, which was yes. fun. I you heckled you from the back. Yeah, You did heckle good. me a little bit, very gently. That was yeah. good. It was more the upraised eyebrows. Yeah. I did walk out of your eye, like, eye line, though, because I thought, hmm... I do actually want him to make some coaching I appreciated points. that. Yeah. I then spent the rest of the time like one of those clown machines at the circus going from side to side <laughs> with Joel as my end point. Yeah. Just occasionally checking in. It's yeah. good. Great. There you go. Have you, do you like the idea of speaking? Yeah, I, well. Are you a natural speaker? Yeah, I am. Actually, and when I was, uh, when I was younger, I probably... I'm, I'm quite bad because I don't mind winging it. So I tend to be quite loose in what I write. Some people I know, some people I know have to write their entire speech um, out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of wing it. I don't like writing an entire speech out because it sort of stifles the feeling of the speech. Yeah. Well, interesting. Actually, an article I read a couple of weeks ago, it was meant to be, it was an insight into Boris Johnson. And I'm absolutely mm. forgetting the name of the, the gentleman who wrote it. He's a, a, a journalist in the UK. Mm. And it had one of the best plot twists I've ever seen. Because he talked about how he was, he was hosting an event and, uh, you know, Boris Johnson was down as the speaker. And uh, it's two minutes to go until he's on stage and he's still not there, Boris Johnson. And this guy's sweating bullets. In charges Boris Johnson. And he's like, oh, okay, here we are. Jeremy, it was Jeremy. Sorry, it's Jeremy. I can't remember his last name. And he's like, Jeremy. Where are we? And he's like, uh, uh, you know, kind of, st- and he tells him, you know, the event. And he's like, okay, have you got a pen? Pen quickly. And he, he writes down five words on a piece of paper. One was like sheep and uh, all these five words. And then he gets called up on stage. It's now yeah. a few minutes late. And he gets up and says, hello and welcome to the, and, and this is Bryce Johnson. And he, it was ah uh, ah, uh, and he looks back and and he looks at ah uh, and reads the name off the back of the thing and just <laughs> the, everyone erupts into laughter. Anyway, then he starts ta- telling the story about how his uncle can't take his sheep to he can't slaughter his sheep anymore because yeah. of the EU. He has to take them to an abattoir. Interesting. Anyway, I'm telling this for a yeah. reason. Uh, fascinating story, and the, he does this whole thing about how Boris Johnson just gets in the zone. Um, and it's got the best plot twist I've ever read in, in a non-fiction article because he just goes on and says, anyway, six months later, by a quirk of fate that never happens, he's doing the same thing. He's hosting an event and Boris Johnson's meant to be there. It's two minutes until he's meant to go on stage, still not there. Comes charging in, slaps down at the table, says, Jeremy, where are we? And he again tells him where they yeah. are. And then he says, have you got paper, paper? Grabs paper, writes down five words with sheep being the first one. Gets up on stage, <laughs> what does he do? Uh, welcome to the, uh, reads the name of the back. Everyone cracks yeah. up laughing. Tells us, he does the exact same speech. And the whole, po- the journalist's point was, it's an act. He said it's an act. And, uh, and he just, by a quirk of fate, happened to host the event twice. Mm. So I think Boris Johnson might prepare as well, but he makes it In look like he doesn't. In a way. Fascinating, huh? Oh, anyway, curious. sorry, I had to tell you that story. There Very you long go. tangent. So to introduce our guest, <laughs> Alison Goodman, do you also write speeches like that, Alison? I used to be very, very nervous about yeah. speaking in public um, and I would sweat bullets for about three days beforehand. Mm. And then, then I did some teaching and you can't do that when you're teaching. So now yeah. I'm much more of a winger. Mm. Um, I do write some salient points, mainly with sheep in it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. And where am I? <laughs> where <laughs> right am I? Victoria. I need to take that. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you to the Morning Bell podcast. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've forgotten the name of the show. Have I ever forgotten the name of the show? Have we ever done a take where I've forgotten the name of the show? No. I have fumbled it. I've got to say, there's one thing I do admire about that, that Bojo story is just the, the guts to get up there and run a really thin line on those jokes. Interesting. Like, yeah. you're really putting it on the edge there. Yeah. That when you go, turn around and go like that, you bring the house down because people could be really offended. But just because of how you do it, so maybe mm. it's all in the delivery. There you go. Well, not too different to writing. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, never, never give away your uh, 
Maybe you have a good way of plot points. I don't know. I damn it, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to pick that up and go somewhere with it, and I failed. Yeah, so you failed we miserably. There you go, Alison. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty yeah, good. Yeah, working on a PhD mm-hmm. um, and um, writing, reading, pretty much what you want to be doing. Yeah, in mm, a week, absolutely. Yeah, and lots of research for our topic. Oh too. yes, I've been watching and watching and watching over and over again. Yeah, oh, yes. interesting. Well, you'll find out what that is very soon. But first, media section, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. So, Ian, I followed your advice. You did, and good. I read the script of Scream. Well. Not the whole thing, but, yeah. you know. I read the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of the film? Yeah, so till the credits roll? Till the credits roll. Right. I was hooked. How good is it? I really didn't believe you, yeah. but when I started reading, I genuinely kept reading. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant writing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Now, I, you know, I imagine most people know, you know, the opening of Scream, do you want to play a game? I'm not a massive horror movie fan, so I've Neither. actually never never seen Scream. Just Neither. because it's I, just... I'm, it's yeah. not my scene. I can't. Yeah, not my scene. Either. No, I just can't. But yeah. the opening section is so well written. I, I mean, I love screenwriting as a study because it's just the ability to convey in very few words an incredible amount of information and emotion. And boy, that opening scene of Scream does it in spades. Yeah, and also what's so curious is that we're not even watching it. We're reading mm. the script. We're reading yep. the first, you know, the opening of the movie. And it's so engaging as a script. Yep. You know, there's zero description in a script. You just get dialogue, yep. you get a very brief scene description, and then off you go. And the dialogue is so snappy and mm. so menacing. Man, yeah, that's crazy. What I really appreciated was the way that in a few words, you know, it, 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 the, the script writer just uses it, drops a few words in to explain what's happening, yeah. you know, popcorn popping on the stove, yep. um, answering the phone, and then the way that it turns in an instant and the person on the end of the phone turns incredibly menacing and just, yeah. you, know, you know, I'll gut you like a fish, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever he's he meant to scream, uh, you know, shout in the, in the script. And, yeah, how serious it all gets really fast. Loved it. Yeah. And I just read it on a whim the other day uh, out of interest because I, I do like to see what's written in the screenplays for these yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Very curious. I would love to get Dan Dan Golding to talk about that because I'm sure he'd be able to dissect that, right? Yeah. Like, I love... And, and this is curious because it uses repetition a lot. So the characters often repeat the same thing, mm. but the tone and the tempo of it changes. It's just a... yeah fascinating i almost want to see the film until i got to the end of that and thought nope yep this is why i don't watch uh, horror movies <laughs> it's just the it, it, for me slasher movies especially i just i don't love a whole lot of blood like yeah. in, in general it just doesn't work for me mm. as a kind of thing yeah there mm. you go allison do you watch horror movies i don't have you seen any horror film that has stuck with you though the very first horror movie I saw, and this really dates me, was mm. The Shining in the cinema. Ooh. Oh, um, in the cinema. Oof. And that oh just scarred me for yeah. life. Because um, it. it is such a good mm. horror movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really could count on my hand how many horror movies I've seen. Yeah. Um, it's really not my genre. Mm. Yeah, it's not, it, personally for me, it's just not something I go out, I don't go out and think I want to get good and scared. Mm. As far as I'll go, and I always say as far as I'll go, is I Am Legend. Like zombie movies I can handle. It's just, it's a different... It's a different kind of threat. Yeah. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods was my speed. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeesh. (laughs) Man. I loved loved I Am Legend just because of the whole vibe of it. That was just me. Yeah. Um, I went to see it with a guy who was on a first date with a a girl and and her um, twin sister. And so I just went along for support. I mean, I was was dating someone at the time. And uh, yeah, they never went on a second date. Imagine that was good material. It was just, I was like, oh man, why did you bring us here? (laughs) But still, I do love, I do, I do love a bit of a good jump scare. But does Jurassic Park count as a horror movie? No, not even slightly. (laughs) All right, well, I love Jurassic Park. There you go. I was about to say, does this break all my firmly, maybe for a child, (laughs) firmly in the watch um, it as a child? Yeah, it's good. That's the kind of freaky you want as a kid, you know, like Velociraptors. Yeah, Velociraptors. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Great tension. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing also to watch the, to read. Um, I mean, there's so many interesting tidbits out there about Jurassic Park now as well. Like, uh, I, because I love the movie details sub on Reddit, they have um, mm. they have a lot of information about those things. And yeah, reading reading like how similar things are to the storyboard or all those kind of things. Yeah, just really fascinating. Mm. Um, especially when that, I'm so glad they didn't go for the stop motion uh, raptors. Oh, that would have just... Dated. It would have dated it ridiculously. Yeah. It, it's incredible the foresight to not do that. Absolutely. 
it, it's sort of one of the reasons why Willow, though being an amazing film, mm. uh, is really you, you get to the creatures and then you think, oof, yeah, this yeah. this doesn't yeah. this doesn't. Or like Terminator One. Oh, yeah, with the stop motion and that. That's a classic example of um, whereas Terminator 2 mostly holds yeah, up that's really true. well because of the way they did the effects. Yeah. Um, actually, and Joel and I were talking about uh, great action movies and kind of what makes them, you know, outside of, I think Terminator 2, Die Hard. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, a few others that are kind of in the pantheon of those timeless movies that just managed to. Yeah, well, Die Hard's really not got a lot of effects in it, really, that are, yeah. that are, that are going to date. No, um, exactly. Yeah. But it's got a story that absolutely holds up as it's well. It's a fantastic you know? story. Just yep. an everyday guy turning up, getting stuck in the middle of stuff. Uh, they never quite managed to repeat it. Yeah. But, you know, and they definitely didn't repeat and it in number decreasingly two. managed to get it. That's right. <laughs> I yeah, still love the beginning of number worse. three. Still love the beginning of number three. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. But the rest of it, yeah, not so much. A <laughs> little forgettable. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if that's just how that goes for some of those movies. Like Alien, for instance. And I keep coming back to the, the, one of the only horror-esque films that mm. I enjoyed. Mm. That, that is generally a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved Alien. Less on the jump, jump scares, more on just the crazy world building uh, yeah. that yeah. Scott manages mm. to do. And the visuals of... Ridiculous. And Ripley, you know, yeah. fantastic character. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good, but the sequels, not so good, and mm. uh, never mm. really managed to recapture that sort of vibe. Well, you know, people always seem to like Alien, um, the second one, mm. uh, Alien Two. Well, they had the iconic ending with the, um, yeah, you know, that was that was the thing. But it, it, it descended a little bit more into an action movie than than a straight horror. Yeah, well, you, you mean you you feel that there's a whole lot of. Um, uh, it's like a it's like a guitar string strung so mm. tightly on the first movies of these ones mm. and the other it's so put together so beautifully and then suddenly yep. you just get this little off note happening yep. in the mm. sequels, in the sequels. Like, ah. and it and it repeats with uh, regularity yeah. eventually mm. if you keep going long enough yeah. and that's the thing it's like when you go to see I remember I went to see the sequel to um, Phantom of the Opera uh, Love Never Dies <laughs> um, and it was every time they started a motif from Phantom you were like ah. And then you're like, oh, but they're not going to play that. <laughs> and, and that was the thing, right? And often it's like that with movies. You know, like in Die Hard 3, they've got Hans Gruber's brother. And uh, you're like, ah, Hans Gruber. Oh, but he won't be there. Yeah, but he <laughs> won't. Yeah. You know, so you're kind of like... The slightly worse sibling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In terms of tension. I mean, if you're going to do that, you have to actually top what went before, which exactly. is very hard to do. Well, um, and that's where that's Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. Yeah. Because Terminator 2, what, um, it's subverted, I think... It subverted itself in a mm. weird way by bringing in the bad guy as the good guy. Genius. Yeah. Absolute genius. Um, and having a, a bad guy who wasn't more buff. And this is the thing, is that temptation to get bigger, like Stranger Things season two and yeah, three. Yeah, they could have cast Dolph Lundgren as the... Uh, exactly. As the <laughs> exactly, right? That, you know, you have the rock suddenly turning up. You know, and then <laughs> next thing you have the mountain. Yeah. You know, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I would watch the rock in anything, is, really, yeah. to be honest. He's lovely. But, um, you know, like the, the fact that they, they went to a guy who was slim mm. and silent and it just worked. It was a yeah. different type of evil somehow way more evil yeah. than the original. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. it, it, that's fascinating. And then Bigger is not always better. But also, I mean, there was, there was a clear progression of technology going on yes. there, which made yeah. our bad guy turned hero yep. obsolete, yeah. which yes. was just really, really menacing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was so compelling, especially once he's injured, you know, and you're like, I, I like the fact that they have, and this is practically invincible, yeah, it can morph through walls. It yep. can, you know, absorb. It damage, can pull itself you know. together from various disparate yep, areas. Right. It's like, <laughs> and that was, the, I think, just that iconic moment as well. When you think about it, you just and he gets up and you're thinking, how do you beat this thing? Yeah. And that level of desperation with this obsolete equipment, yep, is just there. Yeah, the whole thing was just brilliantly written and uh, and choreographed as well. The, mm-hmm. the 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 shots are just they don't age very badly to be honest they and age really yeah. well and they also that beautiful motif of what the Terminator coming and, and forever coming yep. and you, yes. see, you see that in the yep. second movie brilliantly yep. realised again it's the Jurassic um, Park moment yeah, yeah. 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 the chases are done so well yeah. the, and the, the little bits of subversion of making the antagonist a police officer you know that, yes. that's so good when, the, when you start the film and then it, you know it's night time and then the, there's the chain link fence and just yep. ah it's so brilliant. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Alison, what have you been watching apart from the obvious? Apart from the obvious. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. My mm. God. No, I haven't seen. Oh, it's a Netflix mm. uh, series. Um, it's got Tony Collette oh, in yeah. it and um, fabulous cast of mm. women um, and, and men. Mm. And um, it starts off with a very harrowing first episode, which I have to admit I skipped over at certain points because it got too harrowing for me. But right. it is... Um, mm. 
a story of um, a woman being unbelieved about a rape. Right. And two women um, cops coming in. Um, and, yeah, it's I not a huge binger. Yeah. Um, and I sat down at the beginning on, on Sunday and I went through the entire season yeah. on one day. Yeah. Wow. It was so okay. compelling. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. It's, and the... Um, you know, I probably did myself out a little bit of an emotional payoff by skipping little bits of the first mm. episode. So I do urge people if they're going to do actually watch the first episode. Yeah. Um, interestingly, in a in a storytelling sense, the um, the first episode is completely devoid of the two main um, police protagonists. Mm. Um, but that really does pay off by the end. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. Cool. I find shows with really difficult subject matter very hard to watch in mm. big bursts, right? Mm. Like you said, not bingeable. Like Broadchurch, for instance, was that kind of show. Yeah. All three seasons of that was really rough. Well, I was surprised that I binged this because the beginning is so harrowing. Yeah. But as soon as um, uh, the two cops come in, it, I, it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And the two um, very different characters so brilliantly um, portrayed... Um, mm. And, you know, I don't want to give anything away, mm. but I came away feeling very satisfied. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Do you think that by introducing those characters, it gives the audience a level of distance um, from the difficult subject matter, right? So we're able to engage with it and not feel as, you know, gut-wrenched every time? Well, it's interesting because you are gut-wrenched, mm. um, in that first episode, yeah. because there is a, um, you see this this situation spiraling sure. out of control for this woman, yeah. mm. um, and and part of the the um, the sheer watchability of it is that how how much in danger that woman is, mm. that young woman is, yeah. mm. by being disbelieved, yeah, um, and um, and by bringing in the the two female cops. There is distance in that sense because yeah. you sort of get okay. Mm. We're going to we're going to we're going to start doing something about this. Thank God, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then you get over and over again throughout all of the series. You get you get thumped back into reality, mm. um, and then pull out again. Thumped back into reality and pulled out again, over right, and over okay. again in a very measured and very clever way. Yeah. So that by the time you get to that final emotional payoff, it's it's great and mm. it's very cleverly done. Mm. There you go. Mm. Very cool. very good. Ian, anything on your list? Oh well, actually, we um we sped through the second. Se- I don't think I'd watched the second season of Killing Eve when we were mm. here. So yeah, got through the second season of that. Yeah, really loved, loved it. it. Yeah, have you, you haven't seen no, it? No, I have not. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You should definitely do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um. Oh, but I, it might be controversial. I'm not a massive Sun- Sandra O oh fan. Um. I don't know. Just I not. She just didn't didn't yeah. work for me personally. Yeah. Um. I I'm not sure why. What's uh, the elevator pitch of this show? Break it uh, down for me. Well, it's essentially... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of how to... Uh, um, an assassin and a FBI agent face off but become entwined in their lives. Yeah. Uh, that's, okay. that's really good. There you go. Yeah, Alison, you should do this professionally. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's, um, that's absolutely it. Yeah. yeah, and it's... I mean, it's an interesting story on the, the toll as well that this relationship takes on them it's almost there's also there's also a third uh woman in the in the cast so it's it's almost like the three of them kind of figuring out their um mm. yeah their various differences in a way um. i i really enjoyed it for what it was i i thought it's great and it's actually based on two sh- uh, short stories two novellas i believe mm. um three i thought i thought three, three. Oh, three. sorry Maybe, yes i mean i could be wrong i think there's me. two it's based on and then the third one they kind of it diverges a bit about apparently from yeah. the um that material so yeah really interesting um compelling story good good en- the ending was interesting so we'll see where they go from here well the ending is uh it, it is interesting because it's a mirror kind of yeah situation happening and i'm very interested to see where they'll go with with three <laughs> yes I'm, I'm also very interested i, I think you really enjoy it joel it does yeah. it, it definitely pays off really well and it had a good little good good twist and i didn't see coming particularly mm. there you mm. go killing eve yeah, and that's on netflix then uh no it's on um uh abc ivy abc SBS? Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting. It's been, it's been like a month, sorry. Right. So, okay. so many streaming services. Yeah, I know. I think it's either ABC or SBS. Uh, Eventually, they're going to introduce a new streaming service that just yeah. amalgamates all the streaming services, and you're going to have to pay for that yeah, that's as right. well. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll just call and it. And I will. <laughs> I know. And that's the worst thing about it. 
Uh, yeah, I know. It's uh, the splintering is of uh, streaming services has not been particularly good for us. I think we should start one called I Curate. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it just brings in all the things that you want to watch from everything, and you, you pay know, for I, it. I saw a Photoshop version of that, but for books. Okay. Right, a Netflix for books. Mm -hmm. I really like that idea. Not at all for the uh, monetary uh, proceeds that an author would get from that, mm. but as a piece of you know. You read this, you would like this, and have that kind of algorithm mm. work. It's interesting, actually. They, they managed to make a humanoid version of that. Uh, it's called a librarian. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> now you made me look real bad. Sorry. There's no way back for me, oh, right? Sorry. No, just... no, no, no. That, that Moving on. I, I mean, visually. <laughs> look, I tell you what. I, I had a great here at the Brunswick Street Bookstore digging. the other day. I had a good chat with um, with one of the the um, workers here, and she recommended some excellent board books yes. for our toddler. There you go. Um, and I was reminded again of the fact that we need bookstores for that, that incredible knowledge that mm. uh, people carry in these places. It's just, it's irreplaceable, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Um, final piece of media for me, and then we'll move on. And this is a uh, near and dear to my heart. B British period dramas are my uh, very much guilty pr pleasure, and I watch them mm -hmm. religiously. But Poldark's recent season, mm. uh, you can watch it on ABC iView, it is, oh, it's just, it gives me everything I want. Yep. I'm sure there are problems in this show. I'm sure that a lot of it is very uh, obvious and cliche and it's gorgeous and beautiful and I love it entirely. Mm. Um, I, I, yeah, I think Paul Dark, Downton Abbey never clicked with me that much. Uh, but I love the shows that benefited from Downton Abbey existing. Shows mm. like Victoria mm -hmm. and Paul Dark. I love, I love them. But uh, yeah, recent season of Poldark, I think it's fantastic, very mushy, um, and well worth a watch. Speaking okay. of which, I actually did see the Downton Abbey movie. How oh, was that? Yeah, was it? Very enjoyable. Really? Very enjoyable. Okay. Good, good thing. Are you an ardent fan? Fairly ardent. Yeah. Yeah, mm. uh, just for the sheer, um, just for the sheer joy of it, really, because mm. it's a very kind of joyful yeah. kind of thing to be seeing at this particular time in the history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and there were some um, uh, situations in it which were highly unlikely, but yeah. we allowed those to go through yeah. to the keeper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you still, yeah, it's, it's, a, that. it's pleasurable. Yes. Um, yeah. For someone who tapped out in season one, do you think it's worth for me to go back? Um. As a, if you like period drama, yes. I think so. I think that there's enough there, uh, especially in season two and three. Mm. Um, it, it does it does get its its stride going, right? Yeah, okay. in, in terms of the class situations, yeah, the war yeah, yeah. happens and things like that. So it's it's very interesting. There you go, mm. fantastic. Well, I might give that a shot. Uh, well, we're going to move on to a media section mm. <laughs> again, shockingly, um, because this time we decided we wanted to talk in depth and we've done this a few times. We did that with the last Jedi. Uh, we've done that, uh, with also Star Wars the previous year. There's a trend, but we're breaking it this time because we're going to talk about, uh, the Avengers in the broader sense of the word, because while we want to talk about Avengers Endgame, mm. we're also wanting to talk about what. Um, what it is in the sense of cinematic history. Yeah. Uh, 23 films culminating in this big uh, showdown that has a cast, you know, uh, mm. hitherto unseen in terms of an ensemble, um, mm. I think is fair to say. And while the film itself is very near and dear to my heart, and I, I'm guessing mine, Allison's, yes. yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how that film achieves that. What it does character journeys, things that are very pertinent, especially to writers, and mm. see how, how they did that, whether it was hit or whether it was miss. Mm. Um, so I think it's, it's fair to let Alison start the discussion off. Mm. Um, firstly, with general thoughts, what did you think? Well, I went in um, to the first movie with, with high hopes. Of course, mm. was extremely shocked by the end because I, I, I maintained mm. my spoiler-free notion yeah, of it. Same. Um, yep. And we came to that ending. Um, and I think we can obviously talk about this now because if you Absolutely. haven't seen it, then yeah. you're a bit behind, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you listening to this? Why, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we get half the population dusted. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, you know... <laughs> We kind of we walk out of the theater thinking a little shell shocked. Yeah, a little shell shocked. Yeah. A little kind of well, where are we going from here? Yeah. Uh, so I went into Endgame 
I, I was actually nervous yeah. uh, mm. to see what they were going to do because this was this was going to be a massive ask mm. to to bring this around. And I had my theories, which proved to be mainly wrong. Mm. And um, you know, and sort of um, so when I went in there and when I saw what they did, it was glorious. Mm. I loved it. I, I felt uh, because that first rush, I wasn't analysing as much as I have now. Mm. Um, I. I, I really had to choose my moment to go to the toilet because it was really hard to tear myself away yeah, from yeah. that. It's um, a long movie. Yeah, it's mm. a long movie. Um, and uh, I came away feeling um, excited by, by the, um, the control mm. that mm. was shown, th- um, especially at that moment when I realised, and you know, I should have realised earlier and perhaps everyone did maybe I was very slow, but when I realised that the true protagonist of the entire series mm. was Tony Stark mm, and that yeah. glorious moment, and it was a telegenic moment, so mm. it was kind of like when you just went back and went, oh, right, all the way of back course, to the beginning, and yeah. you went, and it mm. kind of felt like dominoes. You went, of course, yep. of course, Tony Stark is the protagonist. Um, we got a little bit of diversion and tangential stuff with Captain America and things like that, but no, Tony Stark was the protagonist. Yep. Mm. Uh, and that was a glorious moment for me too, because I actually went, <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and um, so as a storyteller, I felt very, very um, happy. Yeah. Mm. I think in one sense, and I think you'd echo this, Ian, it's, there are a lot of superhero films out there. Mm. And Marvel has sufficiently um, executed them quite well. Uh, mm. Some of them are quite rote. You know where they're going. Mm. Um, a lot of the origin stories, you just... You, you know, yeah. you, you know how this ends. Mm. But in one sense, I felt that both Infinity War and Endgame would, you know, they decided to do something that was surprising, mm. even to me. Um, like, I did not expect the ending that I got in Infinity War. I knew that it would be negative. I had a feeling, but yeah. halfway through the film, I thought, hmm. This isn't going to end well. I mm. just didn't know what that would be. Well, it mm. is, in, in a sense, a midpoint. Yes, um, it is. So it had to end. It was either going to be very, very good or very, very bad. Yeah. Yeah. And we went, we got the very, very bad. We got the very, um, yeah. And, and there is a precedent for that with Empire Strikes Back with, with this mm. film ending. And you know that the sequel is coming yeah. and that will hopefully, quote unquote, fix the problem. Yeah. Um, Ian, what were your uh, thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I'd... I'd um Stumbled across the meme of Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good. So I had a, I had a feeling something happened, but I wasn't sure coming into the you know the first part. Um, but no, I really enjoyed the snap, especially because um, that that was that was brilliant. I loved the feeling with um, Thanos that there was just no way to stop him. It was mm. it was great to watch just what felt like an impossible struggle against this this guy, and uh, you didn't you didn't finish feeling like it was impossible. Um, and coming into the second one. Uh, I, I was, I was. The thing that disappointed me wasn't to do with what the writers had done. The, the fact is, could I have done any better with that? I don't mm. think I could have done any better with that. Yeah. I, watching what they did, that is so many threads pulled mm. together into something in a masterful way. Um, so anyone who criticises should should do so. I think with the respect for what was achieved. Absolutely, that the um, and also to pay off so many beloved characters in mm. so many um, arcs yeah. uh, that were that felt satisfying. Um, yeah. I mean, there is the. Um, the idea that the first movie, which the producers mm. do say was a standalone movie, is mm. actually Thanos as protagonist. Absolutely. Uh, like, and so yeah. when you look at the yep. beat sheet, when you look at the beat sheet, yep. Yep. Thanos has all the beat moments. Yep. So mm. in actual fact, our yep. Avengers are the antagonists mm. in that movie. Trying to stop them. Yeah, true. We start off with an image of Thanos retrieving a stone mm-hmm. uh, and we end with him smiling because he has achieved his goal. So in, in that sense, mm. he has achieved what he has gone yeah. out to yeah. get. That's genius. Um, so that flip um, makes that movie, that is why that movie is actually quite satisfying, although horrifying. Yeah. Um, and in one sense, the film makes you sympathise with him. Oh, isn't that, that is yeah. so that good. That is so evil. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. I found myself thinking, well, yeah, well, and then I think, what the, what the, what yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. planet gone. I think, the, and the, th- the only thing that, um, I, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it because the, the fact is you've got half of your cast not there. So that was the thing yeah. that I was, when I say disappointed, I should say, it's just because there are some characters there I would have loved to have seen more of, but I loved what they Absolutely. did yeah. with who they had. And then obviously they had to kill some, some people off. And so, um, it was interesting. I, I felt like that you could kind of guess, but the thing, one of the ones that was 
best done was the playoff between, um, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a mind blank now, uh, between Black Widow and... Hawkeye. Thank you, Hawkeye. Mm. There we go. Man. So yeah, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Um, that playoff was great because it, you didn't know who would die. Like You yeah. kind of figured, well, that could be either of them and neither of them has a reason that I could see. There's not enough plot armor for either of them. That's what made their fight so compelling because mm. you're like, well, I don't know who's going to win this. I, I yeah, that that, <laughs> and we will get to that because we have we have plenty of thoughts about that. But yeah, mm. let's let's dig right into the characters, shall we? Because yeah, I think yeah. that mm. I think it's fair to say that superhero movies are entirely character driven. Um, they they embody the film. They're the point of the film. Mm. Um, you know that Spider Man in let's not. In one sense, Spider-Man's journey in all the other films. I mean, in, my, in hmm. the recent cinematic universe, Spider-Man's journey is not quite the same. Hmm. But classically speaking, in the comics and in the Tobey Maguire ones, yep. and to a lesser extent, the Andrew Garfield ones, I guess, um, <laughs> they were films about him fulfilling, you know, what his uncle said. Hmm. Right. With great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. That's yeah. his story. Hmm. Um, it is a little bit in, in the, the recent Spider-Man, but they diverge a bit, mm. um, which is why some Spider-Man fans were not quite... It was sort of in, in Endgame. It was a, a, a father-son storyline. Yes, um, it was different. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. was different. Um, which, which was appropriate. Which was very appropriate. And I think like one of the strongest elements... Yeah, I found uh, it quite mawkish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. There we there go. There you go. Um, yeah, so, so character. Let's start off with one, I think, of... The best feats that the series did, and we just said it, Thanos is an entirely CGI character Mm -hmm. that is so sympathetic Mm. in Infinity War. And the scene with Gamora, who is also mostly a Mm. CGI character, but it's just Mm. paint. Um, That that idea that you could elicit so much emotion from from viewers for an entirely CGI character Mm. is astounding. Mm-hmm. Right. It is, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was Josh Brolin did an amazing job. Um, Absolutely, acting. In fact, I, which I, and what I also appreciated was he was as two different bad guys in two different movies mm. in the same universe, so close yeah, together. Yeah, that, was, that was great, wasn't it? You wouldn't know. I loved that. I was like, okay, that's cool. Yep. Um, I've got a. I can't say how much I love Deadpool, by the way. Love yeah. Deadpool. Um, but uh, with Thanos, it's a classic example of just like the Joker and Batman. Mm. Um, it's the the antagonist. Uh, who the perfect antagonist who takes the superhero's strength and turns, turns it into, into a weakness. A weakness. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's the classic example of that because every single character's strength he's got an answer for. And that's the incredible thing about it. Yeah. But he also, Thanos, is the um, absolute extrapolation of what Tony Stark could yes. be. Yeah. Um, right, that's yeah. true. Um, so mm. he is taking into his own hands the, the universe's um, mm. fate. Mm. And Tony was trying to take... The Earth's, Earth's fate, fate into his yeah. own hands. He was trying so, to fix Earth's problems. Thanos yeah. is trying to fix the universe. Yeah, and, and that's that. Mm. That mirror is very effective. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And again, I think these are really interesting lessons in terms of writing uh, of making characters "quote unquote" sympathetic, mm. right? And and that and that is different to likable. Mm. Yeah. I think those things are you know they are mutually exclusive, but they can exist. You know. And I think that's important with Thanos is that you don't identify with him at all, but you sympathize with what he's trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's a certain calmness, a certain mm. sense of purpose to him, which, of course, is the protagonist's um, sense, of, sense of purpose Absolutely. in the, in the um, Infinity Wars. Um, so, yeah, you get that. I mean, I found that very troubling. As I was mm. watching, I was thinking, why mm. am I, why yes, am I, why am I feeling this? And, yeah. and that's the, the strength of the writing um, yep. and, mm. uh, and the way that... Um, he has an answer for yeah. every, everything. You know, he is just this this in, inevitable. He mm. says, I am inevitable. Yeah. And it feels that way. Yeah, mm. absolutely. We talked about Terminator uh, mm. too. It has that feeling of that constant pressure that he puts the heroes under. Mm. And that is where the dramatic tension in, in Infinity War exists, mm. right? Mm. Now that also let a few other characters that, that come to mind in that mm. example. I think that, I think this is fair to say that Captain America... Mm. is very much in the background for both Infinity War and Endgame. He's the, he's the, you know, he's the guy that brings people together. Mm. But his journey is not either of those two films. No. Do you think that's fair? I think that's fair. I think he, um, he tends to be Tony Stark's whipping boy mm. a bit in terms, in, in definitely in Endgame. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, he's, it feels like his, his journey is pretty much 
done. Over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Civil war is basically the end result of who he is as a person. Yes. Mm. Yeah. He's chosen his side. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, and that's that was great. I mean, he's grown as a character. He's mm. no longer completely the the soldier. He's yeah. actually a person in you know in his own right. He's making choices. Yeah. Mm. Um, and which we see play out at the very end of Endgame. Yes. Um, yeah. When he when he decides not to be that anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I agree. I think that you know he does step back, and mm. uh, we get that moment um, in the big fight where he stands up, and we have that very nice call back to on your left, which is yeah, which is brilliant, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and that you know that is he stands up. He's always he's yeah, the he's one always who stands the guy up. that gets back. Yeah, up he's the one who gets, and, and that's what he does his job. Yeah, um, mm. yeah. It uh, like just like you, I never picked. Iron Man was the protagonist of the the, the cinematic mm. universe. You know, mm. the, it makes sense. It was the first film. Yeah. Um. It, the 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 very object that you know proof that Tony Stark has a heart is the exact thing we see at the very end of the film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Apart from and we'll get to in terms of dramatic performances of things that didn't land. Mm. Uh. Is the relationships that Tony Stark has, and mm. we'll talk about that. But as a character. Mm. He has gone from being very unlikable to likable to conflicted to mm. an inevitable hero, right? Mm. How did they do that exactly? Yeah, it's um, when I did that kind of fall back through it and that mm. kind of stuff. It, it it's a um, I mean, when we when you when you are building a character, you start mm. off at the worst possible point for that character, yeah. so that the the arc is even greater than yep. before. And we did; we had an yeah. arms dealer, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, 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 That's <laughs> who right. was so full of himself, so yeah. so arrogant. Mm. Um, and and then he was he was gradually dismantled. He's been gradually being dismantled throughout all of the movies. So as soon as you start dismantling a character, mm. um, and we hear him say, "You know, Thanos, you've been in my mind. Yeah, you know, he's actually been in his yeah, mind. Yeah. He's actually been." Mm. Um, uh, so disturbed by mm. by what he's the vision that the he vision saw, he saw yeah. and things like that. So, um, so this is a character of, of that is is being unraveling. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's one one effective way of creating that sympathy for creating that kind of well. Yeah. Um, here is a person who must hit rock bottom, mm. which he does, um, and then come up again. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Did that character connect with you? Did you feel that you empathize with his character? Did you feel, uh, for instance, mm. I never quite liked Tony Stark. I mm. liked him in the in the comics. I liked him because he was that kind of character. In the mm. films, I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. played a perfect Tony Stark. Like I, I don't think we can ever see another no. uh, uh, Tony Stark. We might see another Iron Man, but we'll never see a Tony Stark done yeah. that like that. No, they, the the casting was done magnificently. Mm. Um, apart from Iron Man, obviously, originally they really toyed like as in they just didn't quite get it right at first. And I think uh, settling on Mark Ruffalo was yes. great. Perfect. Yeah. That's a great. Edward job. Norton was not. Yeah, it just it just didn't quite work. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, but with with Tony Stark, yeah, absolutely, it was Robert Downey Jr. was kind of born to play yeah. the part. It's the same kind of way that Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing, you know, just yeah. the perfect person for it, the right level of cockiness. Yeah. But that self-assured nature to say this is what we need to do, and yeah. also to make mistakes because of the cockiness. Yeah. But and he constantly makes mistakes. But don't you feel? I mean. That Robbie Downey, Downey Jr. is great as yeah. Stark. I absolutely agree. But he's a very mannered. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's a very mannered actor. Yeah. Mm. So in a sense, that was, is quite distancing as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, in the sense, I never really connected with him because I it's think not that personable. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Well, the character you know, has its its sweet moments and things like that. But there was a kind of distance for me yeah. all, mm. all the way through. Yep. Um, so when I did come to that that final scene. I felt a little bit distance as well. Yeah, mm. I I think that that's worth talking about. So mm. I particularly disliked. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought that Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Rob mm. Downey Jr. had any chemistry, mm. uh, but I think that last scene was particularly painful <laughs> for yeah, me right. when she basically pulls Tom Holland Spider Man and is like, "Okay, leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just look at him and say, "Okay, Tony, you can go." Yeah. It was it was really disconcerting. Yeah, look, I, I actually do have a confession to make. I realized that I had missed something in the plot because <laughs> when she turned up flying in a suit, I was like, I think I didn't watch one of the movies. So I actually missed... Uh, no, I missed something. Really. Did, yeah. I, did I miss that? No, I no, feel- the, the movie where she gets um, yeah. becomes a pyro woman. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gets it. 
Iron Man 2. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, three. 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 I yeah. think I may not have ever seen Iron Man 3 or it's been so long that I'd forgotten. Because I was like, I don't remember that. That was the only moment in the movie where I was a little bit jarred. But I was like, sure, I'll just roll with it. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. I, I remember you saying that you felt quite jarred by that yeah. moment. So I went back to watch it. And, I got, and when, mm. I was, when I remember sitting in the theatre, I felt that it was very fast. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. the for the importance of it, but when I've when I've come back it's to watch too it, long, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I all have right. The same feeling. No, I I actually give it more credit than because yeah. I watch very carefully. I think is is Joel right? But she actually just quite gently moves yeah. Peter Parker. She right. doesn't wrench him away, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, and she does kneel down quite gracefully. Yeah. And there is a little bit of, and I was getting a little bit teary. Yes. So I think mm. that. Um, once the the shock of the death is no longer the shock because I've seen it so many yeah. times. That, that is a more effective scene. Mm. But mm. the shock itself made it feel too fast and too right. abrupt. Okay. And, right. yeah. um, you know, there, there were moments when you, they could have dwelled a bit longer. I yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah. I, I would have wanted him in, in... And I think that was the scene that was so important that they should have done a million takes to get that right. Mm. Because that's so pivotal, uh, pivotal to, to Tony Stark's arc, right? Mm. Did you pick that he was the the protagonist of the universe? Look, it wasn't that much of a shock to me. I think yeah. I I was more um, the the mind games that I play with myself, where I was like, look, who are they going to knock out? Right. Um, so okay, that was kind. Yeah. Of, I was I was the Game of Thrones mindset. Yeah, yeah, I was watching and thinking, you know, who who's going to survive this? I think yeah. was was in my mind. But no, that, that probably wasn't the thing that struck me most. But my favorite character is kept, is Captain America. Yes. Um, it's just, but that's because I'm so. But endeared. why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's because I'm, and it, there's a reason. Yeah. I loved the first movie so much. Yes, I agree. And that stuck with me. I know. Yeah. I hated <laughs> the first movie. See, still, oh. my, still my favorite in the whole yeah. series. Oh yep. my god. You know why? Oh my god. I think you're wrong there, but I agree. <laughs> you know, with you, you know why though? Sick. Because it didn't have a happy ending. That's true. And yeah. that's what I loved about it. Because it was really me, was bittersweet. Like, yeah. yeah, I was really annoyed when they bought um, when they bought her back. I was like, oh, really? I actually really liked. There. I actually really liked uh, Peggy's mm. like really sad like rela- and and then it was in the comics as well with with him and mm. she has dementia and she's in the bed and yeah. and he's there. I think it was. Yeah, that was very war. poignant. Yeah, it, mm. it really yeah. got me yeah, that yeah. scene and, and also beautifully repeating. portrayed by Blythe Danner. So Ab- absolutely, yeah. 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 Mm. But for for me, I just I absolutely loved the the first movie. Um, but there's also probably a f- bunch of other reasons for that in terms of the aesthetic and things. I think I the aesthetic. Yeah, I think that's something that you and I share. I really yeah. loved that first movie. Dreary. Yeah, even <laughs> though I agree with you, it's actually not that great in well, terms I, of. Writing. I rewatched it again recently with my mum because I wanted to introduce her yeah. to the MC. You. And she enjoyed it. I was like, okay, well, there you go. So she's she's willing to keep. So Alison, we cannot compete with Ian's mum. Yeah, just, we can't touch it now. Okay, mum said, I'm, I'm happy to step away. Stepping yeah. away. Stepping <laughs> Thank away. Backing away. Graceful. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know that, that it was it was good for me watching that happen. I I mean, thinking back over the the course of how many great characters there were, um, it was it was great watching them do justice to a bunch of them mm. in the movie. Um, I, I don't know if all of them got the payoff that I wanted in the final movie, but yeah. definitely. That's why I felt, um, you know, that uh, when it was the, f- the first movie, I felt really did justice to everything I wanted mm. to see. In the second movie, I felt like it's, I don't know, do I, do I want to say it's not, not an epilogue, but it's, it's like it, it could take its time doing what it needed to do, but it did, the storyline didn't advance in the same rapid speed. Yeah, there's, there's that's not the difference. That, yeah, I think you might be right with that. The pace of Infinity War was very much so threatening. Mm. Uh, because you didn't know the ending. You yeah. sort of know the ending to Endgame. You know they're going to beat Thanos. Mm-hmm. You have that in your mind. Mm-hmm. It's more of how are they going to do it? Yeah. And who's going to get gonna, knocked who's gonna get, yeah, along gonna the way? Die, yeah. So speaking of which, let's talk about that scene. And it mm-hmm. has divided people in terms mm. of whether it was done well, whether it was justified um, in terms of Hawkeye and Black, uh, Black Widow, mm. the scene when she sacrificed herself um, to save his life, but also, you know, uh, in, in one sense, fulfilling her arc. Mm. Is that satisfying? Was that done well? What do you think, Alison? You know, I think this is this is quite a complicated mm, it death. It is. There's layers to yeah, this. Yeah, mm. it's a quite a com- I mean, there's people who have said it's a fridging. I don't yep. think it is a fridging. Yep. Uh, it mm. does not in any way um, create any kind of extra, well, any kind of mm. new impetus, impetus yeah. um, from the male, the male characters. Character. Yeah. Um, and I felt that there was enough in the previous movies to support that arc of yeah. her doing a self-sacrifice, um, mm. indeed. Um, the attempt to make Hawkeye as bad or as, as, a, as a possible balance 
was really yeah. a little bit limp for me. A little um, bit of a limp. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was killing bad guys. Yeah, he still Basically, was, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. That's what uh, they all do. You yeah. know, and, you know, we could have had more of a, a, um, a psyche danger for him, perhaps, or, yeah. or a spiritual danger for him. Mm. But when he said, you know, I, you know what I've done, I thought, no, nah, that's not no, true. No, you've yeah, actually yeah. not no, done no, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Yakuza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if he'd raised through a school, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's for me that wasn't a, a true kind of balance. Yeah. I was in the moment when it was happening mm. because oh, I absolutely. thought, oh, maybe they're just going to go and go with it. You know, yeah. mm. my disappointment came with the fact that both of the soul stone moments are females dying. Mm-hmm. Um, now you could call that a mirroring, perhaps. Um, but for me, the the what first is it the female Avenger dies. Mm. <laughs> it's only kind of one, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and is Scarlet Witch an Avenger? Not really, right? Well, well, she, well she's a, a, one of the original. I mean, Black Widow is one of the original she's Avengers. Yeah, she's the yeah, she's one of the four. And she's the and one that dies. Yeah. yeah, she's the one that dies. And you could also call that as being, well, she is uh, fulfilling a, a, the destiny of nobility, yeah. um, mm. of self-sacrifice which is, again, a trope of the female character. Mm, um, yep. So there's a lot of kind of, yes, it's an arc, but it's an arc that's been used before. So it's a little bit disappointing mm. in, that, in that effect. Um, you know, there's also a rather troubling one that, that hit me was that uh, Hawkeye has children, he's a family man, the mm. barren woman who's single yeah. gets killed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a great, not a great message. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when you think about, when you, when you kind of extrapolate out from in the meta messages... Um, there are know, some issues. Yeah, yeah, there's some issues there that that um, are troubling. But having said that, I do think that her arc, we are constantly throughout that mm. she has read in her ledger yeah. and she wants to balance the books. Yep. That's mm. all from the very first movie. Yes. Um, so I don't think that it's it's um, unsubstantiated. Yeah. I, I wonder if the, you could have made more of a payoff on that as well if you'd swung the balance even further and if you'd known that Jeremy Renner had run through a school and wanted to measure it, and he actually survives after doing something so evil. I wonder if that would have been more of a payoff to as well, because you would have been super. I, yeah, I would have like, been super annoyed about that. Like a scene where he, like, yeah, he's trying to kill a bad guy, but there's collateral damage, and he doesn't care in the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been a moment of, oh, I get it. Yeah. I would have felt like here. the stakes were higher in the fight in yes, that sense. Yeah, yes. I would have been like, well, I don't want him to live. Um, but I, I absolutely know what you're saying. I wonder how much of a debate there was in the writer's room about that. I imagine it wouldn't have gone down. Well, you know, in, in also easily. in the sense, if you look at it, if you go back to the, the uh, Infinity War movie, mm. the, the message, the take-home message of the Infinity War movie is if you don't go to the absolute length, yeah. you will fail. Yeah, because yes. they tried yeah. to save Vision. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and also that yeah. what the, um, the kind of... Uh, t- the chiming thing that is said throughout Infinity Wars is we don't trade lives. Yeah. Mm. Well, then you fail. That yep. is the that is a take home message, mm. and so suddenly we have in the second book uh, in the second um, movie uh, whatever it takes. Yep. Because mm. they realise that it is it's going to there's going to be sacrifice. They have no choice. Yeah. That there is going to be lives traded for this. And I I don't know I think it could have been you Allison that told me this but it was a really smart pickup and it was not me that's why I know it mm. wasn't me. Yes. Um, was the idea that Tony Stark gets called out about this by Captain America when he's like, you're not the kind of guy who would jump on a grenade, mm. you know, yeah. to save your team. Yeah. And, and that's it, And, that's, his, and yeah. that's exactly what he does. That's his story. He has to go and he has to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. I, I love that. I thought that that was brilliant. It just shows a level of connection and how Captain America changes as a character. He becomes more well-rounded. Uh, mm. He's not the perfect man. Mm. Um, and he makes mistakes, and there's a level where you actually think, well, maybe did he make the wrong decision by splitting up the team? Yeah. Mm. Um, and that gets called out right at the start when Tony Stark says, you know, y- you said, you know, we'll do that together too. Mm. Well, mm. we did. Yeah, mm. yeah, we failed together. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I thought mm. a masterstroke, and this is plot related, so I guess we're moving on from characters, but mm. I'm sure we'll bounce back, is the idea that they had the five, was it three or five years later? Ah. Mm. Uh, that was one of the best moments in the in the movie. Yeah, I, and when I watched it over and over again, it's it, so it's the, the actual pause between each yep. s- each word is like yep. five, and then it's like yes, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. And that, of course, is leading up to the the Scott 
um, turning point, the Scott Lang turning point, which yeah. plunges us into the time into travel the, yeah, debate. The time travel mm. debate. Let's yeah. Love time did you travel. did it did it sing for you, Ian? Did you like the time travel? Oh, uh, don't ask me that, Joel. I'm a sucker for time travel. Any movie, <laughs> any time. I'm just good for it. I take the uh, the the view of what um, my favorite way of dealing with time travel will always be. Um, it was from uh, was it uh, six eleven uh, sixty six or whatever it is the Stephen King oh, the, mi- yeah. the miniseries uh, <laughs> well novel slash miniseries um, where you know the guy says I don't have time to get into how this works you need to get in the get in the time machine and I just love that that's how you deal with it I don't have time to figure out how this yeah, works just yeah. get in there yep. or the old uh, exclude uh, please excuse this crude model yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's right. laughs> that's that's exactly and then we fold over a piece of paper and stick a pencil through it there yep, we go yeah, wormhole yeah, yeah. it's Sorry. great. Yeah, look, I, I loved it, and um, I especially loved the entire experience of time travel was with um, Bruce, with the Bruce Banner Hulk, uh, <laughs> you know, in green, yeah. which was a masterstroke. Yeah, smart Hulk. Uh, I've, yeah. And, you know, I view this as an absolute win. <laughs> the whole thing, fantastic. So, you know, I, 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 time travel, absolutely, and I, I love the fact that it got back to, you know, what a great line, all of this, it led you back, you know, to me, so good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean... Uh, having written the time travel story uh, yeah. novel, um, there's always a few things you've got to sweep under the carpet, and there's quite a few yeah. things that they swept under the carpet. Um, yeah. But it was done in such an adept way, and there were so many shiny things to yep. uh, to distract us as that yes. was happening. Yeah. Um, it, w- it was yeah. a pleasure. It was a pleasure yep. to see it. Um, and of course, um, it also provided us with some of the most satisfying arcs, yep. uh, being Nebula. Yes, um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, such uh, an unexpected character to be almost the heart of the movie, which mm. was yeah. Jeremy Renner was the the other heart, I suppose, and I and you did feel for him because I think mm. Renner is a great actor, mm. character eh, a little a little wobbly, mm. but Nebula, yeah, 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 and and um and such a an interesting B story, if you like, mm. of of them coming through, um, mm. and uh, and and. Destroying that moment of triumph when uh, when yes. when uh, uh, Hulk clicks yeah. his mm. fingers, snaps his fingers. So that I mean that was unexpected and, and wonderful and and yep. on edge stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the time travel for me was a, was a delight, um, and I just love the the ways that they tried to cover up the problems with it. Which you're saying that that's not how yeah, <laughs> that's, it's not like Back to the Future guys, yeah, you know, because yeah. we've all got that stuck in our head that that is how it works. Yep. Yep. And of course, this is a different model. Uh, they give us a really fast explanation, which I have stopped and don't gone on through yep. very One of the words he's I saying. have discussed it with my philosopher husband. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we have we have chewed out the holes and, and, and it's sort of like, okay, that's okay. We're just going to forget about yep. those. Um, yep. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's a different model. Uh, there's a there's a few kind of gaping problems, but yep. we don't worry about that because they're not important exactly. to the ha- the way we feel. Yep. Yeah. I completely mm. agree. I was entirely in the moment. Mm. I didn't feel taken out. There has been some comments that. It did take some people out. And I just want to mm. raise one devil's advocate. And we'll yeah. s- I'll see how you both react because I'm curious here. Mm. Do you think by bringing time travel, it mm. makes sacrifice uh, a lot less poignant? No. I mean, that's a gut answer G- for give, me. Give me a reasoning behind that. And it's fine if you're working it out on the spot. No, look, to me, time travel is just another plot device mm. that you can use in you know, science fiction fantasy and it can be used to great effect. Uh, to me, it was the appropriate way to kind of deal with, you know, we've already been defeated. Yeah. How do we undefeat ourselves? And it was the only thing they could do. I guess in a way, what I really appreciated was the lopping off. of. So yeah. I, I mean, we haven't talked about how much, how good it was having Thor. Oh, absolutely. In the, yeah. You know, that was just <laughs> yeah, yeah. pure genius. And the, just the, the lopping off of his head and you're like, oh, Okay, and the and the pathos of that moment yeah. when you were just like, wow, there's it was just zero payoff, mm. and, you're like, and oh. you could see it, and all the characters yeah. knew it. Yeah, yeah, so so good, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have to say that I think that always in my mind was, if there's time travel involved, can it be restored? Yeah, there's always that kind of for me that yep. thing, um, and so and one of the main problems for me, and it was it was a this is one of the um, brushing under the carpet wings is when mm. everyone says so adamantly. Uh, Gamora, uh, sorry, um, Black Widow can't be can't restored. Be. Um, yeah. I'm thinking... Is it just magic? Is that their reasoning? Yeah. Uh, that's what it comes down to, which of course yeah. is the worst kind of reasoning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, um, but you know, yeah. you, you accept it because exactly for that reason, if she can be restored, it diminishes her self-sacrifice. Yeah, so yeah. we accept it because we want her death, like yeah. them, to have meant something. So we like say, visions, of course yeah. you can't yeah. restore it, although... 
actually within the way that they've set it up, you probably could have a go and at they it. They might, um, yeah. But you know, um, but yeah, um, we don't want that self-sacrifice to actually be diminished. Yep. Yeah, mm. I think I, I I I buy into that completely, and I felt mm. that the sacrifices in Infinity War were justified. Like Vision died. Yep. <laughs> you know, Vision and I'm died. sure. There will be some subplot in the future where he gets reconstructed because mm. if he didn't, that whole subplot with Shuri mm. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was a waste. Yeah, uh, and that well, just, in effect, if if um, they'd done what Vision said and said destroy just, it now and destroy yeah, me now, me we wouldn't have had the the we movie. Wouldn't have had <laughs> so bring him back, <laughs> and that's a, that's a, a brilliant example of. We don't trade lives. Yeah. yeah, that's the life they should have that's traded. That's the Captain America logic. Yeah, yeah, that's the Captain America, which was the faulty logic in this movie. Yep. Mm. Uh, because if they had they had destroyed the the um, stone yeah. there, he wouldn't have succeeded. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, would he? Oh, Time would he? Travel. Time travel. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, there's a few points, and this is one uh, that I think really hit home for me. I thought it was so, and maybe a little indulgent. Mm. But I loved the tying together of the movies with uh, with going back to the first Avengers film and having the whole heist, the time heist, yes. you know, that, that plot uh, of going back, seeing those characters in those situations and mm. the little follow-ups to it, yeah. Yeah, I thought was brilliant. The most satisfying moment for me, perhaps, mm. was when Captain America Gets says, in the elevator. Hail mm. Hydra. Yeah. And you think, yeah. Yes. Which is also a reference to the comic where yeah. he... Is a Hydra agent yeah. in, in one and the, interpretation. That callback mm. was just fabulous. Yep. Yeah, in the um, elevator. And yeah. you think, well, that's that is such smart writing, you know? Yeah. You, yeah. And that little smile he gives. Really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's changed. You know, yeah. he would never do that. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that, uh, yeah. It's and and that whole situation of that that wonderful lift fight mm. that we had in Winter mm. Soldier. Um, yeah. Which is my favorite Marvel which, movie. Of which all is time. which is mm. one of my favorites yeah. too. Um, and that is beautifully put together as well yeah. um, that was a spectacular fight sequence and we were just waiting waiting yeah. for it to happen again and then of yeah. course it's it's paid off it's so almost better yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. was really well done another scene for me that really stole it but then every scene she's ever in in, mm. in film history steals it is Tilda Swinton's ancient one yeah I was gonna say fabulous sequence. I want a movie with just her playing fabulous sequence yeah because I loved how empathetic she is as a character like it mm. gives me chills every time I see her as that character yeah. brilliant there's and a there's a sense of um, solidity to her acting the way you think yeah. this is wow. this is true yeah yeah and yeah. Um, and that you just want to know this you just want to know this person you do want to just cuddle up to this yeah you want to be best <laughs> friends yeah you want to be and um, and that sense of of her of seeing her own potential failure yeah just mm. in the it was literally um, a moment it, it was single, literally yeah. a moment and yep. it was just so kind of oh right that's the turning point of this scene um, and mm. it was a done in yeah, the, the empathy, like the laying of the hand on 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 Hulk's hand, and all mm. of these little symbols are just mm. yeah, really layered. All right, so mm. final, uh, the best things you liked about the film in terms of a writer's perspective, and the things you took away, things that you oh, think yeah. were really well done. Ian, no, I I enjoyed the fact that they like definitely the the characters that they took in directions that you didn't expect mm. so particularly the Hulk and um, Thor I really enjoyed that I loved Thor going back and seeing his mother oh that yeah I love that it yeah. was really well done and they didn't like make it they didn't overdo it with sap yeah it wasn't cheesy well that was completely undercut by Rocket of course because Rocket's yes. um, yeah. sensibilities in that is just like is what takes yeah. the sap away yeah um, so yeah, yeah. You, you know my feelings about Rocket. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, lo- I loved character. that, and that definitely for me was was one of the moments. I and mean, there were so many great moments where the characters they took them in directions you didn't expect, and also mm. um the 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 pot belly and the beer yeah, that was yeah, great, yeah. you know, and just the fact that I love the fact that that Thor to become worthy didn't have to get shredded. And I'm really glad that they didn't. He just didn't get yeah. ripped at yeah. the end. Yeah. That, like, that would have sucked. Yeah. He did plant his beard, though. He did plant it. And I love that. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, it's not, you know, what it's it's who he is. And he was yes. still worthy when he got mm. the when he mm. got the hammer. That's right. So, yeah, love love the subversions. Absolutely. I have to do, I have to raise something from a writer point of view mm. where I thought that was a weakness, okay. um, which was the Captain Marvel problem. Mm. Now, I love, strong. I love the Captain Marvel character. I love the yeah. movie. Me too. Mm. Uh, and this is where you have to be very wary when you're creating a character not to make them too powerful. Yeah, and she really is. She is really powerful. And so 
we've got a few lame kind of excuses for being in the other side of the universe. Other planets um, have problems. Yeah, yeah, and the planets have problems and that she's missing yeah. uh, from the main action because she is yeah. so powerful. And I've watched the Thanos, um, mm. the final Thanos, Thor, um, Tony Stark, Marvel yeah. um, kind mm. of... Uh, fight sequence, yeah, and there is no way that Marvel shouldn't have kicked that. You should have ripped Thanos's arms off and yeah. beaten them senseless with them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did save it slightly by ripping out the power stone Which and I using think that. Was the best bit of that? Yeah, fight. that I was think the best so bit. Smart. Yeah. That was the best bit. But before that, she would have just she, she, she smeared him. He would have been a off. little piece of oil on the yeah. ground. Yeah. Um, so that was one problem I felt. Oh, they had to yeah, yeah lower um, her power level for that fight. Which yeah. Was, which which was noticeable for me, mm. um, but I, sorry, I jumped in there with That's your right. with your favourite bits. It was good. Uh, no, mm. those those were my favourite bits. Yeah, okay. mm. absolutely, mm. Alison. I enjoyed the honouring mm. of what we wanted for some characters. Um, my, as you know, my favourite character is Rocket. Yep. So I enjoyed mm. his um, arc throughout that Just brilliant. entire sequence. The most empathetic guardian. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Again, fully yeah. CG. Yeah. Yeah. Full CG yeah. and um, mm-hmm. brilliantly realised. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the setup for the next sequences. Um, mm. So we, yeah, we had the the uh, as guardians of the galaxy. Yeah, and there's so much <laughs> excitement going forward, right? Yeah, there is. Like an ending. Yeah. It, yeah. We, where there is hope for going onwards. Um, I really did. En- I really did enjoy that moment, that telegenic moment, mm. when I realised that. Tony was the the protagonist. That was a that was a moment of sheer delight mm. for me as a storyteller. Mm. Where I thought I hadn't picked it. Mm. Wow! Thank you so much yep. for that. Um, mm-hmm. And just that control. Um, yeah. Th- just the control of being able to pay off so many arcs. Some obviously more successfully, but mm. mostly at a, a level of, of of success that created such a um, a, a sense of just coming out of that. that Theatre going, wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. It's, I think, a pretty crazy creative feat to do 23 mm. movies and successfully pay it off. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that is, we saw a very clear example of not doing that with Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, yep. you know, mm. by and large, leaving everybody out in the cold. Mm. Haha. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> but I didn't even intend that. There you go. That's fine. Um, but, and I think my, you know, a few favorite moments, I loved Captain America's payoff with Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. It was, yeah, when, when it was and, wonderful. And wonderful. I'm so happy <laughs> that they resisted the urge to subvert expectations. Sometimes yeah. giving people what they want is, is, is it, no problem it, at all. It's exactly right. Yeah. And it's um, exactly what you need to do. And I, it's, it's mm. the opposite moment when Luke throws his um, lightsaber over his shoulder and kills dramatic tension compared mm. to the bit when... Yeah. He gets to hold me on there, like mm. it's it's just brilliant. Yeah, and also he gets the the the, the um ham, uh, the uh, axe as well, Stormbrew. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. It's like if that happens, so no, yeah. you have the smaller one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so good. you can have the smaller. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, again, I think my my loves are character based. Mm. Um, Hawkeye's emotion. I think one of the things that gets me every time. I hardly ever choke up in films, but that film had me choking up so many times. Mm. One of the best scenes is when. Hulk snaps, and the phone rings, and he knows it's his wife. Mm. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just so well done. And that level of restraint in a superhero movie, mm. uh, you know, it, it's a different kind of um, superhero film. I think um, it is. I think that the, the yeah. level of restraint has to be applauded because yep. there's so many times it's, it could have tipped yeah. over. Too loud. Yeah, yeah and it didn't. Because yeah. the temptation when you got all those people together is just to have it all bang, bang, bang the whole mm. time. But the pacing is quite incredible, and even even the final uh, fight sequence is fairly restrained compared to what yeah. you know you could have tried to make it bigger. You actually you never you had as bigger, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. wasn't as big a fight as you had in the previous film. Yeah, it was mm. still massive, but it was yeah, it had that level of restraint which I really appreciated. I mean, there was there was the potential for tipping over. Um, I know that they mm. debated it a lot when mm. they consider it, but the uh, the uh, gathering of the female characters in that moment before they try and get the yep. um, gauntlet towards the yes. the car and. Um, that 
I mean, that was a very important moment in, yep. in f superhero filming. Um, yeah. So there's mm. that kind of weight upon it. And it was what people, especially the female yeah. audience, wanted to actually yeah. see that, that mm. gathering. Um, and it was it was slightly, it is slightly cheesy. It is um, cheesy, but, but you know what? We, it we deserved it. Yeah. It mm. needed yeah. it. And I yeah. loved that scene. Mm. I know people later criticised it as the idea that logically those characters were never in that spot in the previous scenes. But honestly, again, I don't care. I, didn't. No, I thought no, it was brilliant. Exactly. I mean, and it's what McKee says. He says if yeah. you, if the, mm. if your if your audience wants it, they will accept the lead yeah. up and the setup for it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's like the old um, why was um, Spock old Spock on the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on in that cave yeah. <laughs> when nobody young cares. Yeah. <laughs> when young Kirk arrives, you know, mm. in, in uh, the yeah. reboot. Um, yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody it was cares. satisfying. Yeah. I, I have a question for you, Joel. Um, mm. Before we wrap. Can it be done again? We're about to start cycle two. I think Marvel won't want to do it again. I think they, uh, given their lineup and mm. the, the, which looks very, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I love all of these little Moon Knight. I'm just saying mm -hmm. one of my favorite characters of all time. I love mm. how weird he is and then he gets his own TV show. I think that's the bravery of Marvel doing things like guardians and even captain marvel right? and mm -hmm. iron man being the leading man of the cinematic universe he mm. was not the best-selling comic mm. like that's mm. just a fact hulk was yeah mm. and that um, was also about rights as well yeah mm. and i and and they stuck with him and and that was great mm. um but yeah i i don't think they will do it again maybe yep. not in our cinematic lifetime yeah but um I hope they don't try. If you tried to do it again, you're right. You would fail. Yeah, and they they haven't announced any Avengers movies. They're all character focused, and I'm yeah. really happy. Like I said about this film, restraint is, is my best thing. About yeah, this film. yeah. Yeah, you feel like well, the Avengers story is over now. Yes, mm. um, and it deserves to be. And I, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, so that wraps us up. We could go on talking about this forever because I I think it really is a, a brilliant writing thing and and. Um, I, yeah, we'll be talking about this for a very long time. Mm. I think it is the Star Wars of our generation. Yeah. Um, and well, it was, I've seen both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How lucky am I? Yeah, I uh, only got to the prequels, unfortunately. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, shout out time, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Alison, start us off. What have you got coming up? Where can people find you? I'm going to be at the Historical uh, Novelist Society of Australasia uh, uh, yes. conference. I'm running a workshop on writing historical fantasy. Yeah. And that's in Sydney. And I'm also going to be at Austin Con, which is coming oh. up in November. Yes. Um, and that's me for the end of the year. I think I'm just going to be um, working away, writing the next series. Yep. Mm. Brilliant. So yeah. keep your ears and eyes peeled for more info. Um, one point, uh, the HNSA, where is that? That's not in Melbourne this year. Yeah, it's it? in Parramatta, Sydney. Yes. Um, I think there's tickets still available. It's going to be, it's a whole weekend of historical um, novelists yep. talking and um, imbibing and <laughs> doing yeah, all the things that we brilliant. do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good weekend. So Fantastic. Ian, what have you got coming up? Where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at IH Laking on Twitter. I've been a bit quieter recently, but that's because there's a lot of writing happening. Um, yeah, and just working on a new manuscript, which has been fun, and uh, polishing a very old one, which is great. Fantastic. Uh, you can find The Morning Bell at uh, Speculate... What, what? Vic Vic. There we go. <laughs> I don't even use Twitter for that. It's shocking. It's your role, Ian. Yep, thank you. Um, at Spec Vic Vic. Uh, you can also, we have some panels coming up at the uh, upcoming ASSF, Australian Short Story Festival, which is in Melbourne. Uh, they are brilliant and you should absolutely attend. Um, as for me, at the Pen of Joel on Twitter, I have a short story coming out in an anthology soon-ish. I'm looking forward to announcing that. I'm very excited about it. It's a Short story that's very close to my heart. Um, so you can follow me there for news about that. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you on the next episode.